0: Club Cosmos Radio. Kristen. Hi, Malia. Are you excited for today's episode? We have a special guest the president of the Courtney Love Fan Club. Yes, that's right.
1: (laughs) I am so excited. I mean, it's literally sunny right this very minute, right now, but all week, all month, all year, it feels like it's been giving nothing but Seattle vibes. I've been listening to fucking Nirvana all week. (laughs) I've got, like, spiritually, I am wearing flannel. Yeah, LA really
0: is the last place to have summer this year. I mean, this is my first Spring in LA. I am so so sorry
1: for this terrible showing. Mm. I have become such a fucking hothouse flower living here all these years. Mm. I cannot take weather outside of a very specific range like my whole wardrobe is oriented towards like a 70 degree to 85 degree zone Mm -hmm. and anything beyond that i'm shivering in the streets
0: (laughs) (laughs) what have you been doing this week what have you been reading and hearing
1: well i've been binging just like 90s Rock Docs. Basically, we both watched Hype, which is a grunge documentary that's somewhat contemporary. It was like made in the nineties. Not that good. Not very good. And it's something about bad like, music. So much bad music. It's in Seattle. It, it's interviewing all the bands that were in like the Seattle grunge scene, and it's like. The Reagan Youth and Titty Twister and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, we never knew Nirvana would blow it up so big. And you're, like, listening to all their shitty bands play and then you hear, you know, the opening riff of Smells Like Teen Spirit and you're, like, yeah, this is (laughs) better. This is better. (laughs) It's not just same-same with, like, (laughs) Margaret Thatcher Army or whatever the fuck, but um, I watched The Punk Singer, the Kathleen Hanna doc, there's I watched Patty Schemmel. Oh, oh yeah, hit so hard. Hit so hard. Um, really, really good for extra whole lore. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I before we get into grunge, I just want to briefly discuss the Orca Uprising. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I have any theories, except that this just feels so Saturn and Pisces. The orcas, as I'm sure many of you know, are capsizing yachts in the Strait of Gibraltar. And orcas are so smart. They have the most brain wrinkles of any ocean mammal. They can imitate human speech. They have names. When they live among the dolphins, they, like, learn dolphin language. Individual families of them only, like, have specific dialects that they only use with each other. And up until now, up until they started fucking ocean grunge and they started doing ocean anarchy on these boats. The most amazing thing that I learned that orcas taught other orcas to do is they have they have trends in orca culture. And for a while, there was this one pod of orcas that lived in like Alaska or something like that. That it started this trend of wearing dead salmons on their heads. (laughs) And then they taught other orcas to do it. Chic for an orca to wear a dead salmon on your head. They're so smart. It's scary. Tons of respect, but they're vicious. I know. Well, they are killers after all. (laughs) It just feels really like ocean uprising. There were so many of them. They've started fucking doing doing anarchy at (laughs) at a strategic shipping point in Spain. They're gathering on the coast of California. They're hanging out with dolphins. What is about to happen?
0: I love that it feels like the overlap of Jupiter and Taurus with Saturn and Pisces because I felt Saturn and Pisces was going to be really depressing, more like the, the image of all of the fish washing up in Texas. Oh, yeah. But Jupiter and Taurus just roaring with more and more. <laughs> it's very abundant and kind of optimistic. Wow, they're they're going to fight back.
1: Yeah. It's like all of my 90s Trapper Keeper yeah. imagery <laughs> is going to be coming through um yeah what else anything else from this week we want to talk about
0: well on theme with today's episode pluto is back in capricorn oh yes and will it's spending its last few months in capricorn few months so
1: few months (laughs) it doesn't go out until next november (laughs) it's gonna be over a year until this nightmare is over (laughs) Um, i have been personally victimized by capricorn for too long i know i know i have late degree a late degree capricorn sun and mercury it's the worst is over but pluto and aquarius is gonna feel like shit in its own delightful way (laughs) but um very different it did feel really nice when it when it went into Aquarius the first mm-hmm. time. It was pretty refreshing. Yeah. I don't know. And you know, I just don't see it folks. I don't see it. Everything that AI makes is fugly and dumb. Like, Oh, this is what the shining would look like. If, if Wes Anderson directed it, here's what the Simpsons would look like if they were real people. It's like, what in the what in the fucking early two thousands like behance hell is this? I know. It really isn't its net art phase. It's yes. just like, it's like exploiting the
0: ugliness of it.
1: Zaha Hadid, the architecture firm, mm-hmm. they're using AI to brainstorm these buildings, but to me it just feels so fucking wash. Mm-hmm. How else are, like, I don't think that a robot is going to come up with a kind of aesthetic or creative innovation that would actually feel relevant or fresh. Sorry. (laughs) Classic
0: Capricorn over here. Yeah, I mean, Pluto and Capricorn, we're talking about the early 90s. I think that, not I think that, I know that in that time period, it was so... Earmarked by this influx of Capricorn stuff, and we'll talk more about it. But it's interesting to come all the way around to where we are now to have Pluto in Capricorn, which has been in since 2008, and now we're at the very tail end of it, which feels like a huge slog. Yeah. <laughs> in 2024, it'll be officially over. But Pluto destroys, Pluto <laughs> burns it down into the ground, it kills the idea of what we thought it was going to be. So Capricorn is, especially in our culture, in our planet, mm-hmm. is capitalism, yeah. traditional
1: money structure, institutional power. Yeah. yeah. Pluto always reveals our power structures and mm-hmm. imbalances of power. And it shows us the victims and the victimizers of yeah. any moment and it's just been, especially over the last couple of years, because Saturn was also co-present with mm-hmm. Pluto. The great conjunction with Saturn and Jupiter with Pluto really started off the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So there's just been a lot of really heavy duty Capricorn flavored reckonings that we've been experiencing. And that mm-hmm. really echoes so strongly with the this moment in the early 90s as well. Yeah, when globalism
0: was really starting. When
1: it was just a little baby. A little baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pluto's a ruthless homicide detective exposing all the ugly truths, all the evidence. And the the so. detective
1: might be the killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Should we kind of... Give an overview, a lay of the land?
1: Yeah, let's give a lay of the land, and then I want to hear about your relationship to the music of this time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so the astrology of the early 90s
0: is interesting because, just to give context and that a lot of people know this, but the 80s was an entire reagan era 81 reagan and mtv both debut <laughs> which is kind the of, world changed forever <laughs> it's kind of a fascinating pairing and that both things are expanding at the same time the build-up of music culture becoming so influential and
1: powerful and having this other outlet was this the tail end of neptune and sag
0: yeah because neptune and capricorn i think it's 84
1: 84 yeah
0: so that's happening the entire 80s. And then 89 is what seems like all this progress, the end of the Gulf War. Berlin Wall comes down and the Iron Curtain comes down. It seems like things are changing. And then, boom, Bush is elected. and it- Yeah,
1: who was Reagan's vice president.
0: Right. And it's starting a ninth year of a conservative Republican president. And it just, 1990 is the explosion of that pent-up need for some kind of Rebellion and progress and
1: absolute angst. (laughs) Yeah. The coming of age of Gen X as well. The the beginning slice of Gen X. Like, Gen X is the Pluto in Virgo generation and some of the later part of it. Yeah. The later part of it and some of the Pluto in Libra generation. But when it comes to these characters like Kurt Cobain, Courtney love ice cube, ice T, Dr. Dre, Axl Rose, all the people that were creating culture Mm -hmm. in this moment, they're all Pluto in Virgo babies. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they were as like a group raised by television they're latchkey as fuck, like which is why they're so like adbusters vibes <laughs> as well because they also were the first generation of children to be marketed to, Mikey Likes It vibes. Their parents were getting divorced for the first time ever. Well, not for the first time ever. That's just one. En
0: masse. En
1: masse. <laughs> yeah. The great divorcening. More divorces than ever. No one was staying together for the kids anymore. The Pluto and Leo was like, they're trying to power of now it. Mm-hmm. Um, they grew up seeing Vietnam War on TV and a lot of their parents fought in the Vietnam War They grew up seeing Watergate happen. Mm -hmm. They basically grew up with max cynicality about media, about government, Mm -hmm. and about their parents. Which is just so the the sad place that Virgo can be in sometimes Mm -hmm. in relation to Leo, especially. They're cleaning up all the bottles after the Leo party, (laughs) you know? exactly. They have to make their own breakfast. They have to take care of everything. They have to take care of themselves. And it's just really interesting because they're seeing this rebellion in this moment as they come of age and are expressing all of these cultural values. Also, they have the reputation for being this slacker generation, but they graduated at this huge recession moment. Like Mm -hmm. Black Monday was happening when these early Gen Xers were entering the job force. So Mm -hmm. there were no jobs. There's just like... Interesting parallels because both of us were fucking raised by the goddamn boomers. Yeah,
0: like, the hugest.
1: Us. Yeah, the hugest. <laughs> long, like we're still dealing with. The boomers know. today. They They're still, still alive. <laughs> They're still in power. They're yeah. still our president. You know, it's like yeah. we had a Gen X president for a hot second, and then it's, mm. now we're having. Now we have the oldest president ever ever made. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. it's. A pretty
0: perfect collision of events in that point. Of course it works out astrologically too and in a really nice way. All that build up in the eighties with the influence of culture being so excessive with MTV mm-hmm. and, and music especially having more power than it's had before because now you can also be a music video star. Yeah. And then of course the politics and the economy and everything. And in 1990 was this intense influx of Capricorn energy and Capricorn is so it's a beautiful sign. <laughs> I feel like it gets a bad rap right now because we're Everyone's really sick destroying it Capricorn stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it mean. is this influx of trying to create this time-tested conservative machine and yeah. it's very capitalistic, it's hierarchical. Basically Neptune, Uranus, Saturn are all in Capricorn in 1990. Well,
1: Jupiter and Chiron are opposite it in cancer and like for cancer as a human being I need water shelter and mm-hmm. I really need this one very specific thing <laughs> and this very specific way for you to treat me or I will not feel emotionally <laughs> safe yeah
0: um which you know this time having those two forces of cancer and Capricorn opposite each other they both have Equal amounts of will to prove something they both have strong weapons in their favor, mm-hmm. you know, like Capricorn has an incredible incredible amount of stamina to drive its will forward, whether or not the philosophy of Sagittarius mm-hmm. matters to them or whether right. the humanity of Aquarius matters to them. It's more about driving deeper and deeper into stability and strengthening the rules, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and cancer is so strong about being like, my feelings matter. And to have that opposition be so strong in 1990 is like this insane emotional catharsis daddy's not listening to <laughs> yeah. <me. laughs> like yeah and of course we know from grunge and especially kurt and courtney who both are very cancer rich yeah and their like whole aesthetic is psycho baby core yeah and like lyrics about poison baby's milk and cribs <laughs> and doll heads yes and there's pretty much examples from every single song that is yes. very cancer <laughs> Yeah, like Kurt singing, I miss the comfort of being sad. Yeah. Extremely cancer. I know. It's just the comfort of having emotions and not he was having was a cancer to be moon. Contained. Yeah, um, he had a cancer moon. Pisces, son, obviously. Pisces. Yeah. Jesus for so many. <laughs> Yes. So 1990 is all that emotional angst and tension mm. is building up, but then 91 is really when the drama starts of grunge yeah. in the mainstream.
1: Yeah. 1990 is the year that Bikini Kill formed. Were you ever a Bikini Kill girl? Were you ever a little rat girl?
0: <laughs> Not mm-hmm. as much as I was a grunge girl. Mm-hmm. I was definitely more a Bikini Kill girl than La Tigra. Yeah.
1: I feel like I got I respect. all... Yeah, mad, mad fucking respect <laughs> for Kathleen Hanna, I have to say. Bikini Kill is the face of Riot Girl. Like, Kathleen Hanna, mm-hmm. specifically, is the the face of Riot Girl. It started in Olympia, Washington, but there was kind of these connections between them and D.C. because they had more of a D.C. punk hardcore lineage Mm -hmm. than the Pearl Jam (laughs) kind of, um, you know, Seattle sludgy sound. Mm -hmm. Kathleen Hanna, big Scorpio, Easter. The like the lead singer of Bratmobile also Scorpio. I was just going through all the riot girl bands like Scorpios <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, well. they're so like Betty bangs and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sexy librarian glasses. <laughs> but she also has this radical exact conjunction between her Mars and Uranus and libra Mm -hmm. she really had a lot to say about women's roles and like that kind of libra docility yeah she was not here for any of that shit i mean of course she has this crazy history she was just an art she was like a spoken word art girly and she was working in this gallery in olympia performing these poems essentially and kathy acker was like listen you need to start a band girl because no one is gonna listen to these fucking poems (laughs) which is so smart i discovered basically all the music of this time of course i was not alive (laughs) then (laughs) dawning I'm a millennial. I'm a little you young. You were alive. Are I mean, me? I was alive, but I wasn't like, you know, I, I was like uh, five or something like that. I was three <laughs> in 1990. Yeah. But uh, when I, I discovered kind of all this music at once when I was in middle school and after Nirvana, I just started buying every CD that kind of looked um... <laughs> like I, I got really into babes in Toyland, too. I don't know if you listen to them at all. But um there is just something so still seductive about especially to like a teenage girl to mm-hmm. the whole riot girl aesthetic, way of writing, way of thinking, mm-hmm. collage core. It just has so much power in a young modern girl's mind. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I did once teach a zine making class at Girls Rock Camp. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> in Oakland. It's just become the standard for which to be a girl punk, which is cool. Yeah. I think something about it for me, probably because I don't actually have hardly any fixed signs (laughs) and because Scorpio is least related to Gemini, there's a self seriousness to it that is really hard for me. I want a little bit more absurdity. I still have a ton of respect. I think in a soul way doesn't relate as much for me.
1: It's kind of like necessarily Um, That That was also her crazy Mars Uranus energy, like watching all of these awesome old, bikini i mean and her stage presence is just amazing she's just flying across like she's just such a punk Mm -hmm. and she's always telling she's like commanding the crowd like what to do you know she started the whole girls to the front thing she was tired Mm -hmm. of like seeing girls getting their ass kicked in these macho mosh pets and so she would just bring the girls to the front of all their shows And if anyone was getting shit she'd be like get the fuck out of me like she was just really like (laughs) controlling and like really intensely responsive yeah Yeah, with the crowd and um i wanted to read one of these bikini kill flyers like one of her many little riot girl manifestos because in every form of media i see us slash myself slapped decapitated laughed at objectified raped trivialized pushed ignored stereotyped, kicked scorned molested silenced invalidated knifed shot choked and killed because a safe space needs to be created for girls where we can open our eyes and reach out to each other without being threatened by this sexist society and our other day-to-day bullshit because we want girls to create mediums that speak to us. We are tired of boy band after boy band, boy zine after boy zine, boy punk after boy punk after boy because I am tired of these things happening to me. I'm not a fuck toy. I'm not a punching bag. I'm not a joke. <laughs> And it just goes on and on and on. And it's fucking like my younger self. That speaks to me. I feel like that's like, like her lineage is so like rookie mag, you know, taking girls and girlhood seriously. I loved in, in her doc, she was really close with Kurt Cobain. They were really good friends. And Someone in the doc was just saying that the lineage of Kurt and his music is not this like Seattle Hescher sound. It's radical feminist punk,
0: and yeah, he was basically a
1: lesbian. Yes, yes, he was. Like this the crazy... women loved him. Yeah, put a Pisces boy in a dress, and you got something going. <laughs> I know.
0: I mean, he really did have. He actually did take cues from lesbian style and it was like, not just that he was beautiful and the girls of mainstream America loved him, but it did seem like everyone in the scene really loved him too. Everyone
1: loved and respected him so much. And I really, I, I, I love Kurt obviously, but um it was cool. like the whole story. Kathleen Hannah is the one that spray painted Kurt smells like teen spirit and inspired that song. Mm-hmm. And the night that, that happened they were together fucking tagging a crisis pregnancy (laughs) center they uh, obviously like abortion access was a huge part Mm -hmm. or like a huge focus of third wave feminism as well just because of the necessity for it um she said that that night that they were so drunk that after that night she stopped drinking for six years. Yeah, also, <laughs> which is also so Scorpio. Yeah,
0: also so Scorpio Pisces. Like, whoa, too much. Yeah, too much. You and Scorpio's just control. like, I'll never do this again. Scorpio yeah. Scorpio's so
1: cold turkey. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ninety-one with that Saturn and Aquarius. It, what's cool about Aquarius is that it, you know, where Pisces is collective unconscious. Aquarius is very much the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever big planets go through Aquarius, we're all thinking about the same things: are mm-hmm. people's needs being met? Is there community? And it's the plight of the everyman.
1: Yeah. And Aquarius is rebellious and wants progress. And Capricorn, on the other hand, is it, it's such a macro societal sign in so many ways. Like it really does just speak to the structures of our society. How do we work like Aquarius is the community focused side mm-hmm. of it. It's how do people work together? And Capricorn is the container for that. It's like mm-hmm. the DMV. It's the government. <laughs> it's um, the corporation. It's and the, the, the corporation. Government. It's the thing that is going to set up a, a reality that can last for a really long time. That's mm-hmm. not interested in the abrupt change. I mean, <sighs> In some ways, I think that the Capricorn to Aquarius change is one of the most necessary. It's like Mm -hmm. those two, all all subsequent signs are a left turn from Mm -hmm. the one that preceded them in this way that... Tells an interesting story, but in terms of our culture, the Capricorn to Aquarius is very like thesis and antithesis. Mm -hmm. It's like this pendulum swing between consolidating and stabilizing our reality. Implied in that is basically like continuity, and that can be continuity of really bad things, Mm -hmm. that can be like conservatism can be like disinterested in Mm -hmm. human humanity, human stories in progress and yeah. Or disruption of any kind of like new idea. Progress to a Capricorn means stronger stability. It's a little agnostic of whether that Mm -hmm. is in, in a direction that um, makes the world a better place for the people living in it or makes the world a better place for the people that are the small amount of people that are Mm -hmm. in power.
0: So ninety one is obviously a huge year for all of this. So yeah. what what was going down?
1: In ninety one, there's so much happening. I mean, it politically that's like when the year of the Anita Hill trial. Just within like the musical story of this, Hole's first album comes out, which sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> came on the out inside. a week before. Never mind.
0: Yeah, what yeah. a cursed timing for her.
1: <laughs> totally basically like grunge takes over like the contrast which is also something that informed Riot Girl so strongly where it's, what was happening on MTV right now like the pop most popular music is like these extra glam extra decadent extra misogynistic hair metal bands mm-hmm. but, like Guns N' Roses is like one of the biggest bands ever mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at this time and it's funny because Kurt kind of personally ends Axl Rose like <laughs> His shit just looks so lame. They talk about the MTV Music Awards. I think this was still in '91. Maybe it was backstage. backstage. It was like '93, I think. Well, no, no, no. It was 92 because Kurt wanted to perform Rape Me, which he was writing, which is on In Utero. And of course, MTV's like, no, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) don't. Yeah. So he ends up performing Lithium. And like, there's all this shit where it's Axl Rose kept trying to get Nirvana to like play at his birthday party and open for Guns N' Roses. (laughs) And Kurt does not want to be associated with these macho losers at all and they basically like have this fight and and Nirvana performs Lithium which and people are like stage diving at like the MTV Music Awards (laughs) fucking Kurt like throws his guitar in the air and hits himself in the head (laughs) yeah they like wreck the stage it's just so whatever and then like the Axl Rose performance is him and Elton John (laughs) doing like (laughs) dueling it's just one of those things where it's like just instantly looking so lame in comparison. And, you know, in in the face of this super slick late 80s, early 90s, sexy video vixen, Mm -hmm. you know, Rex Manning style like aesthetics, Mm -hmm. a band like Nirvana and and Smells Like Teen Spirit just was a super Aquarian zeitgeist shift where it's just like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we don't need any cherry pie anymore. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, talking about Kathleen Hanna having that exact conjunction with Mars-Uranus, always a really unpredictable lightning rod connection. Mm -hmm. Kurt also has Uranus conjunct his ascendant. Anytime Uranus really plays a strong part in the chart, either they're going to be kind of crazy and disruptive, (laughs) or they are a lightning rod for culture. And obviously, Kurt gets that perfect combination of being very good-looking and dreamy and Pisces in a way that you can project everything you want on Mm -hmm. him and don't really know anything about what he's thinking. (laughs) I mean, Nirvana was obviously together way before 1990 and 91, but that moment in September 91 with Nevermind coming out and then Smells Like Teen Spirit on MTV coming out a week after it's just insane. It yeah. just blows everything up. And Nirvana and Hole were both really big for me when I was in angstty
1: in a way that was just oh yeah. No, 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 no. This is it. This is my <laughs> whole identity. I'm going to wear slip dresses for the next <laughs> 10 years. Like yeah, truly. Yeah. I remember I got into Nirvana at the same time as one of my friends. I was like still in middle school and very Riot girl. Um, we used to make a lot of collages and stuff and like mm. decorate journals and cut out things from magazines that are like, <laughs> <laughs> babe, and like, you know, hot, like just like cutting out letters. But she actually made me this Ouija board made out of cutout letters from magazines. And it was so cute and pink. Wow. And we would like contact the spirit of Kurt Cobain on this little Ouija board, totally. try and like talk to him. And you know, it was so crazy. She was sleeping over at my house and we went to bed. We had this apartment. This is like when we still lived in London, but it was right across the street from this business building that had really reflective windows. And so when the, le- when at, at, at night, lights are out over there, the, that whole building becomes super reflective. Mm-hmm. And so from one side of the apartment, it's like, if you're looking out the window, if there's a light on, on the other side, you can kind of see what's going on. And so my mom came in the morning after this sleepover and she w- was like, how late were you guys up last night? Cause their bedroom was sort of like on the opposite end of yeah. the apartment. And we were just like, yeah, I don't know. We like went to bed at maybe like 11 or 12. And she was like, I had to get up in the middle of the night. And I saw what I thought was one of you, like someone with long hair sitting in your window. And like I had like a little window seat in there. And I was just like, it's Kurt, baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? (laughs) Teen girls channeling Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) so lucky but i don't know i i went all i was on the whole message boards truly my handle was beautiful garbage (laughs) i asked somebody to make me a gif of all the like prom queen photo outtakes from live through this this was during the like celebrity skin era so this was and very like early internet so being on this message board was basically my source of all the newest courtney love (laughs) concert pics with her and her like gorgeous Hank Vista Venus guitar and her seafoam green one with like a little shamrock on it, all her outfits. And I would print them out very grainy, cut them out, put them all over my room. I fucking begged my mom to get me this pink guitar from eBay, early eBay. Wow. And I I I'm pretty relentless. So um, <laughs> she finally agreed to do it. And so I took guitar lessons for a while, but ultimately I'm an ADD quitted darling. And so now it's played by my by my fringy wilderness aunt living in Vermont with this her <laughs> band called like the blues doggies. <laughs> oh it lives on somewhere. It lives on.
0: Yeah, I was really, really a young kid listening. My dad is, you know, he's a rocker. Yeah, My dad, Aquarius he's dad. Rocker. He was always pro guitar. He was like, <laughs> anything with good guitar, I'm letting you listen to. <laughs> and so he was always kind of encouraging. Plus, he's so Aquarius. He's like into me being, liking anything that's somewhat rebellious. Right. And I think he might have gotten me the Nevermind tape. And I was like in third grade. And I was like instantly I obsessed. I got I got detention in third grade for bringing Nevermind on my Walkman to school <laughs> and making everybody listen to it. They were like, "Whoa!" Love it. <laughs> <laughs> this <is so> intense. <laughs> And I definitely had the cedar chest of People magazine when he died and everything, like, put it, put it away. I need to save My this. My keepsake. Yeah. It's just an absolute dreamboat. I mean, you know, I'm Cancer Rising, you're a Cancer Moon. I yeah. think Kurt and Courtney really embody this baby, messy, sensitive,
1: sweetheart. Creative, chaotic. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm obsessed. I think Courtney Love is just like a national treasure. And like, <laughs> as much as it's she is a problematic fave, and it's like, yeah, she shouldn't have just randomly punched Kathleen <laughs> Hanna in the face at <laughs> Lollapalooza. She should definitely have just randomly thrown makeup at Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you can't love one thing and hate the other. You know? I know. Um,
0: I do love how she really challenges the feminists who are trying to control and and claim her at the same time like they yeah. want to claim her and then they're like wait wait we don't want to agree with that part <laughs> yeah, not like, that part <laughs> yeah. it's like don't show the whole audience your your vagina but <laughs> it's like that, though I know I think that's what makes her so special is she really is a force she's so smart and so chaotic and she's just so strong of a mm-hmm. presence as a woman it, it's really really impressive she's a top <laughs> yeah definitely i mean when i see footage of her sometimes she reminds me of you not the chaos what? Messiness,
1: oh my god what but a just compliment. The, the
0: stature the style yeah she definitely reminds
1: wow that is a huge compliment of my fucking life <laughs> although i have to say it was crazy like i watched when it came out montage of heck right it basically was a documentary focused on kurt's diaries Mm-hmm. And it was really like it it made me really feel just so much empathy for him because it deals so much with obviously his chronic pain, which is so yeah. connected with his heroin addiction. Yeah. But going back and forth between these letters that he and Courtney were sending each other, it's like some of them are just such junky garbage. Where it's just like, I would abort Christ for you. Oh my God. It's just like, can you relax?
0: <laughs> I do have one Courtney story in person in New yes. York. When I first moved to New York and I was working at MoMA PS1, there was a private party happening upstairs or maybe a private opening i don't know one or the other same thing but i had to run upstairs to do something and klaus klaus biesenbach who's the <laughs> director of ps1 and mama and he's like can you take courtney to a car <laughs> and i was like wait courtney love <laughs> and she was out of her mind of course and She smelled like crack cocaine, burning plastic, but she looked beautiful and like an absolute mess. And so she put her arm around me and I was dying inside. And she's like, we're going down the stairs backwards. (laughs) (laughs) There's like three (laughs) floors.
1: wow all right and she's like a foot taller than me that is beautiful she
0: she like leaned on me just barely standing up as we like went all the way down the stairs backwards like demons (laughs) i love that so much put her in her car and sent her on her way but that was was
1: your kurt ghost i know i was (laughs) wow i can't believe you're touching me like
0: (laughs) In that way, she's, like, just barely a person. She's barely a, just a physical form. She's such a force. Like, yeah. don't even try to be in her way. You yeah. Might, you might actually die. But this is not
1: going to be a normal conversation. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was just <laughs>
1: say we love both of them. We fucking love them. We love them. And
0: what's fascinating about, like, late 1991, right after these albums come out, is when they're officially dating... And Jupiter is in Virgo at that point. Jupiter is exactly conjunct Kurt's Uranus on his ascendant. Oh, wow. And Pluto.
1: Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He has Uranus and Pluto right right on top of each other, right next to his ascendant. Yeah, wild. Opposite all of that Pisces
0: stuff. So, you know, Jupiter really magnifies anything. And in a way, that was the beginning of his tragedy,
1: yeah. He he just really didn't want to be famous like that, you
0: know. I know I have this quote from hype which is again not that good, but there were a couple of quotes that were so cancer capricorn. They were describing grunge culture and they were like we don't really want to become successful because with that comes all the trappings of responsibility, <laughs> which is very capricorn. And it also is like we wanted to get away from all the structure and be chaotic.
1: Yeah, structure Success. and chaos. <laughs>
0: And by the time it's 92, Saturn is squaring Pluto, and that really turns rebellion into the L.A. riots, pretty much. As we said, Pluto exposes the ugly truths of power. Tension is building even higher between cultural perspective versus what is happening politically. Rodney King was beaten in 91, But 92 is when the officers were acquitted and the LA riots started, but before that was Ice T's
1: Cop Killer, a little Aquarius dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Body Count. He is father of, or one of the fathers of gangster rap. In just this like delightful Aquarian way, he's also just like, yeah, you know, I am that guy. I am like a rapper, but I am really interested in metal. So yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me who I am. I'm also gonna start this metal <laughs> project called Body Count and that's when he wrote the song Cop Killer which is basically like this fantasy murder. I mean all the songs on this album are like pretty outrageous yeah. in this like kind of satirical violent way about KKK orgies <laughs> and <laughs> and all that but um, a couple years earlier NWA had one of the first albums straight out of Compton that was one of the first albums to get like a parental advisory sticker but Cop Killer landed iced tea just basically Right in the middle of this conservative family values, culture war discourse mm-hmm. to the extent that like Charlton Heston's God loving ass, who was some shareholder for at Universal, which was the label that Body Count was on Warner Brothers. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Warner Brothers has this press conference where he's like reading the lyrics to cop killer <laughs> trying to say how could this be allowed
0: my favorite part of that speech is when he makes the like freudian slip and says killer cops first. yes <laughs> yes this song called killer cops is like cop killer
1: consider that but it was interesting just it 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 was huge and of course in that very racist way the discourse around this even though this was not a rap song this was like a hardcore metal thrash song everyone was calling it rap which um, is wild that people like even
0: now i'm like how many people have heard it actually it's crazy it just kind of like
1: disappeared well, it's not available because still because he got pressured into removing it from the album after like, so many months of pushing back against it um i have this quote from him he said about cop killer when you inject white kids with black rage through something as irresistible and seductive as rock and roll, that's dangerous. To the people in authority, that's always going to be seen as a threat. And it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because it. this is also like, we're not going to really go into this. But, um, you know, enter the Sandman mm-hmm. comes. Enter the Sandman? Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Henderson <laughs> Man Sandman comes out this year. It's like Metallica is fucking huge. Metal is huge. Right, right. And it was just this crossover hit in this way that... Um... As only an Aquarius can do. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the timing of it is so insane because it, this album Body Count comes out a month before... The officers were acquitted, so everybody's really listening to it a ton. And then this Rodney King stuff is revived; the anger around it is revived, and it just starts these riots right away on April twenty nineteen ninety two. The album came out March thirtieth, nineteen ninety two. Basically,
1: it just has that similar kind of uncanny Uranian timing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fascinating because there is a whole bunch of astrology to it that I am not going to get into, but. Oh, there's a lot of, this is Aries season and it going into Taurus season, but there's a lot of planets in Aries still squaring all that Capricorn Cancer mm-hmm. stuff. Squares are already activating challenges. Aries is ready to fight, yeah. ready to riot.
1: And yeah, that Cancer Capricorn is like fighting the man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> all the Capricorn stuff is just, and, and the Cancer stuff is like, fuck you, dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> these old patriarchal figures that are running everything from a completely different generation that are actually still running everything as we discussed earlier. But it's like the visual contrast is just so strong between like the, the youth and like, or like even just like mainstream culture and the political culture. Right. Really disparate.
0: Yeah, so then Ice T eventually asked Warner Brothers to pull his single from the album, which they didn't even want to do actually. Which I didn't realize.
1: I think he was just like, like he was just under a lot of yeah pressure like, plus cancer rising like you I said know. earlier <laughs> he has a cancer don't rising. be mad at me <laughs> yeah. but
0: i think you know to be fair like the pressure not just politically but like from his own community being like yeah. dude you're like putting the heat on all of us yeah everyone was getting death threats and yeah yeah in a way i'm just sort of like He's so Aquarius and weird. The fact that he's now playing a cop for this yes, past. So like, perfect. Like the
1: one of the longest running <laughs> cop characters it's, it's on romantic. TV. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. And he's <laughs> absolutely incredible on Twitter to yeah. this very day. Oh, he? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. 92,
0: of course, is closed out by the fact that Clinton's elected, which is just such a wild cap. On I
1: you. know. And and in this wild way, too, where it was, I think he had his first scandal, don't come at me, if I look <laughs> like this up, uh, but I feel like Jennifer Flowers was, this was happening while he was running for, like, his oh, first sex oh. scandal came out while he was running for president, he had a sit down with Dateline or something about it with Hillary. And they were like United Front. And they were very, you know, it's none of your business, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have this like, I think we think of him as, you know, playing saxophone and like Arsenio mm-hmm. Hall and being so cool. And obviously, like Saturday Night Live essentially mm-hmm. of the whole political thing. But this was the Ross Perot election. This was, and he got almost 20% of -hmm. the vote, but he dropped out right before the, like he withdrew from the election right before the general election. Mm -hmm. So Clinton won, but it was very much not like a close. Yeah. It was very close. So I feel like that really just adds to like this Aquarian flavor of this year it's wild surprise bitch yeah yeah,
0: (laughs) okay so by that point it's 12 years of republican leadership which may be one of the longest times in our recent history that that's happened yeah and of course clinton is a fucking leo as Mm -hmm. we have just talked about in venus and leo The only other recent president that's a Leo is Obama. Yeah. They're the two most savvy, well-liked... Smooth operators. Smooth operators. And they do what Leos do best, which is you like them even when they're doing egregious things. (laughs) It's like... They can charm the hell out of you. For him to come at that moment when everything's so dark. Damn, only Elio can yeah. turn that room around. Well Barack Obama did the
1: same thing. I know
0: exactly. Thing. The exact same thing.
1: He also had the like Aquarius rising grandeur of ideals, like Yeah, I mean and they both came after Bushes. Yeah.
0: Wow. Disgusting Um, brothers. (laughs) Leo presidents to me are coming home from the factory and turning on the TV. They have a way of just making the day melt away. Yeah. Being like, wow, suddenly, suddenly we all we care about is being entertained.
1: They're the charismatic leader.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really.
1: They're the people's princess. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so Saturn dipped into Pisces just for a second in the summer of 92, which probably, you know. Probably helped a little bit with the Clinton election. Yeah. And then to wrap it all up 93-94 is when it takes a nosedive in a different direction. It's a very quick moment where Mm -hmm. Neptune-Uranus make an exact conjunction in Capricorn which basically Neptune-Uranus conjunctions only happen every 170 years or so. But they basically change the whole collective vision of what matters or how you mm-hmm. kind of imagine the world around them and for it to happen in Capricorn it pretty drastically shifted everyone's viewpoint into Capricorn being bad to Capricorn being hmm this is pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> we are making a lot of money we have a lot of stuff there's Beanie yeah. babies like Clinton's all this, president everything's worth something yeah. yeah and this is of course when clinton That's there
1: are Beanie babies <laughs> <laughs> That's I, great. I, mean, I mean like <laughs> <laughs>
0: a hallmark a <laughs> hallmark these are, of these of guys like, have
1: you seen these cute little guys <laughs> it's a hallmark of making put down your Molotov gun <laughs> <mail>. <laughs> and pick up whiskers the cat. <laughs> uh, but it's like everything
0: becomes valuable. So everyone yeah. starts to
1: be like it's irresistible. Right? Life actually feels good and full mm. of possibility. The middle class is strong. And what were we complaining about? Yeah. American amnesia stuff too. Where it's just totally. like Totally. New president, new vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but um
0: And then Saturn goes into Pisces officially in 94. And Saturn in Pisces tends to dissolve the whole rebellion of Aquarius. And, of course, Saturn in Pisces also kills our favorite Pisces, Kurt, in 94. Yeah, Saturn in Pisces, similar to what it is now, Saturn in Aquarius had this rise of heroin addiction. Yeah. And we had this rise of opioid addiction. Saturn and Pisces really comes in and is like, okay, no more extreme drug escapism. Yeah, like, it's this time to sober up.
1: The party is over. Yeah, um, it's definitely sobering. And also, is this the year that Kristen Pfaff died? Mm-hmm. She died two months after. Yeah. So... Kurt, who was the original bassist, or not the original? They don't. Re- <laughs> Courtney specifically <yeah. laughs> doesn't remember who the original bassist for Hole was, but she was the one that was on "Live Through This," which yeah, came out the week after Kurt died. My God,
0: her, her first album comes out the week before. Never mind, her second album comes out the week after Kurt died.
1: Damn, her and life is
0: really <laughs> intertwined with Kurt in a way that's like, which Kim Gordon warned her. <laughs> And said, don't you dare end up with Kurt, it'll ruin your life. Yeah. <laughs> and Courtney was like, she was not wrong. But Live Through This is incredible.
1: Yeah, Live Through This is my favorite album of this whole era and yeah. all the careers of all of these people. Like, I return... <laughs> I I returned to live through this on the regular. I was just talking with one of my friends who went to see Courtney at Yola Fest a couple years ago here Mm -hmm. and someone in the crowd shouted, Violet! And she said, I don't think any of you are sophisticated enough for that song. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fucking true. It's like, the whole thing is just just so good. It speaks to my fucking soul. And like, all of their this is the other contrast too when it's like we're looking at all the other grunge bands of the era it's like Bikini Kill was doing something different Bikini Kill was doing punk like straight up punk like really provocative really direct Mm -hmm. aggressive manifesto style Mm -hmm. lyric talking to this asshole like all of them all of the lyrics were basically like positioned against this asshole guy that she's talking to Kurt and Courtney's lyrical content, their their poetry, it doesn't fucking compare to any of these other
0: loser bands. Yeah. It's so cringe, but it's also, I mean, Courtney is by far a better lyricist than Yes. Nirvana is notoriously pretty bad
1: lyrics, but... I don't... Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Are you know? going to disagree? I don't know. I don't know. Some of them are a little dumb where it's like heart-shaped box stuff, even though I love all of the astrology illusions. Yeah, him. totally. She eyes me like a Pisces when I'm weak. Um, <laughs> there's another one about cancer. Um, yeah. I wish I could eat your cancer when you yeah, turn yeah. back. And you know what he means by that, ladies. <laughs> Maybe my favorite Nirvana song now is In Bloom that and it's always one of my favorites too. It's just like it's undeniable. It's like they create these characterizations. I don't know. It's like comparing it to like Pearl Jam. Yeah, Eddie Vedder capricorn from my hometown it turns out which i didn't know from evanston illinois is he really yeah yeah he was an outsider in the seattle scene he's the most stoner watching him talk is like struggling (laughs) to put a thought together (laughs) you know that style of singing of his which is like you know that has a name no it's called yarling Oh, I did know that. I did know that. <laughs> he is very Capricorn in comparison to yeah. Kurt and Courtney. He is. cancer stuff. Chris Cornell, like, cancer. Uh, cancer as well from Soundgarden. Yeah, it's like all the rappers were air signs, <laughs> like, basically, like, a whole butt, like, of this time. Like, Dr. Dre is an Aquarius. Ice Cube, a Gemini. Ice T, an Aquarius. Who else? Snoop Dogg, a Libra. Uh, yeah. Tupac a Gemini. I mean, this is after.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Tupac and Biggie, both Geminis. That's the other interesting thing about 1993 is that's really the shift from this hardcore gangster rap scene into the real excess shiny,
1: like, right. kind of fun. The, the, P- the Puff Daddy. Yeah. The, and even Tupac. Yeah. Party rap. There's this fucking incredible letter I wrote about this when I was still working at Paper. One of dr dre's girlfriends it was like 1994 or whatever year california love came out and they were in the desert filming california love and he writes this letter back to his girlfriend at home and dr dre stumbled across burning man like one of the first burning man <laughs> he's Whoa. like this shit is crazy there's <laughs> all these naked hippies out here we gotta talk to like my manager and figure out a way to make some money off of these idiots <laughs> Like, oh my god it's so amazing culture clash <laughs> The person who
0: got Ice T's real crossover success was Perry Farrell. Yeah, from Jane's Addiction. He was totally. like, "I want you to come play Lollapalooza in '91." Obviously, Grunge has a lot of Cancer and Capricorn. Dave Grohl is a Capricorn, so Capricorn. I see. Yeah, and Eric from Hole. Yeah, Capricorn. And there's also a lot of Pisces in Grunge too. Feelings. We forgot to mention, too, that 92 is when Mark Jacobs does the grunge oh, fashion yeah. show. And he gets fired from Perry Ellis for doing <laughs> it. He's an Aries with a Libra moon, very cardinal. So at that point, you know that that's the peak of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it got commercialized so fast. Definitely and it was... Fast. Kurt had style in his own... Like, he had his own kind of, like, sense of style mm-hmm. like his, yeah, his lesbian dressing and mm-hmm. his dresses and just, like, it was purposeful and, like, mm-hmm. political, the way that he dressed. But the rest of Grudge, it's Lannel Long John's, ripped jeans. It's basically just what, you know. Loggers wear. What Loggers and, like, punks wear, you know, yeah. in, like, the yeah. Pacific Northwest, like, to stay warm. It really got fried so quick. It's so funny how large it looms, but how little they're seems to have been there it's like when you look back at it it's just sort of like it's quick it was really quick and it's like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden had longer careers than this it's like they they kind of still had that heavy rock sound and that just continued to be popular throughout the 90s and, yeah you know they still <laughs> they well not at Chris Cornell anymore, RIP. But like, they booked for they they booked they booked. Yeah, Foo Fighters is like the yeah, longest running band ever.
0: Yeah, Foo Fighters, is- which somehow has a huge audience of Gen Zers. <laughs> Even wow, like billy Eilish.
1: Fighters Foo Fighters was my first conference. Conference, <laughs> so Capricorn. My first mu- music conference. <laughs> my first. <laughs> my first cultural deal. <laughs> yeah. Why when I landed the <laughs> the Foo Fighters deal? <laughs> my first one is R.E.M. Ah. He was a Capricorn too. He is yeah, a Capricorn. He, he is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Neptune was in Capricorn until 98. And I feel like Neptune in Capricorn is pretty guitar rock, like just
1: heavy sound. Totally. Grunge, it's just, it was crazy looking back on all this, just how much it was like, oh, it was really just Kurt Cobain. It was really just Nirvana. Like Nirvana, like grunge would never have occurred in this way without Nirvana. It would never have been this without Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. Don't you think? Like who else would have
0: in the... No, I think that's the power of a Pisces. Honestly, it's just it's the Jesus coming. (laughs) I mean, in a way, that's very aesthetic. I think because he was beautiful it was the perfect magnetizing mm, of the all dirtiest of pretty attention. boy yeah like he just embodied a spirit very well it's wild too because it was so local and then everything became so global so fast and it wasn't about local scenes anymore
1: yeah there's no there's nowhere for a local scene to be cultivated <laughs> there's no local there is no local yeah Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: (laughs) So now obviously we're in Saturn and Pisces and it's, we just went through the Saturn and Aquarius. So it's a very, it's not the same at all, but there's a similar there's coming through. There's a rhyme to it. So Saturn and Aquarius was that period when everybody was like pooling resources and creating all these different political community organizing. Direct action.
1: Yeah. Local focus.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it it basically went into Aquarius in March, 2020. Mm -hmm. And then
1: when George Floyd, it was in Aquarius when George Floyd was murdered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so there's some direct comparisons and now we're in Saturn and Pisces and it feels sort of like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah. It's just so like, I, I think the differentiation is, is having, having Saturn, now in the sign that Neptune has been in this whole, like we're mm-hmm. at the, just this long, long crescendo of the end of Neptune and Pisces, which basically like started with the beginning of social media and, it ended in like the, the like sort of dissolution of, of the self and the sense of real human community in this world of dispersed diffuse online, community, actual human personhood versus sort of avatar level personhood. Mm. Everybody's mentally ill and living with a weird proxy of themselves like inside Mm -hmm. their phones. And so maybe as opposed to then where it's Saturn in Pisces kind of calms things down in this very, or like, um, Regulates, Regulates, Contains. Yeah. Yeah. It regulates and contains, Now it's a little bit like a piercing of the, of this sort of delusion that we've been living under this whole time. Everything's kind of hitting the wall in terms of all of the, all of the pleasures that we thought were just basically like infinite and harmless of just completely falling into a world of screens.
0: And the fact that Pluto, again, is at the very end of Capricorn, it feels like it's a different fight coming up. Mm -hmm. All these squares to Pluto and Aquarius is going to be a very different fight than when they were Pluto and Capricorn.
1: There does feel like in cardinal signs, like or like an opposing a cardinal sign or when there's energy against a cardinal sign, Mm -hmm. like we've been feeling so strongly... With this dirge of, like, Pluto and Capricorn and then all the outer planets that did their nasty little dance there through <laughs> the COVID era. There's a sense of, like, opposing cardinal signs that feels like you're really fighting the machine. This is a generative machine that keeps building and building itself, and it's bigger than one person, and it's all-encompassing. Because in, in some ways, it's like you need to be fixed to fight cardinal, you know? <laughs> Cardinal against cardinal. As someone with strong cardinal placements <laughs> in Aries, Cancer, and Capricorn, it's just an endless fight. Everyone's using the same tactics in a certain way of just relentlessness yeah. and like inexhaustibility, changing tactics to keep winning and keep yeah. building. But I don't know. It's it's just really going to be interesting to see once Capri- once Pluto finally does leave Capricorn, where what the sum of all of this has has been because mm-hmm. maybe it is that Saturn and Pisces feeling, but it's really just like, so what good was all, of, you know, it's like, where did this get us? Mm-hmm. I think like the highest purpose of Pluto or like the ultimate purpose of Pluto is to strip things back to the bone essentially of mm-hmm. like, what's real, what's authentic, what's mm-hmm. true. There's no morality really attached to it, one way or another, except for. Just birth and death. Yeah, just birth and death. The only essential things. It's like, what is being born now? And what can we say has died? Because it feels like we've been in this death cycle for so, so long, like mass death, literal mass death, Mm -hmm. and then just death of the culture as we know it in so Mm -hmm. many ways. It's very slow and like protracted bad Mm -hmm. death. But like, what? What's being born? Is it any good? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, we've exhausted. <laughs> Never mind. <ourselves. laughs> Never mind. Bye, guys. Never mind. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. <laughs>
0: Uh, alright love you Kurt love you Courtney love you
1: Kurt and love you Courtney Courtney for fucking ever love you Malia (laughs) bye Bye. Club Cosmos Radio is created by Kristen Stegmuller and Malia Croy follow us on Instagram at Club Cosmos Radio and send your burning astrology questions and hot topics to us at Club Cosmos Radio at gmail.com